So Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all else will be given to us. And I'm always looking for the all else that'll be given to us. And so when he says to me to do something first, that makes a really big impression upon me. If I'm to do that first, then that's what I want to do. I want to put the first things first and then let everything else come after that. And if I seek something and I pursue something, that means that I've actually given it value. Because when I'm seeking something, I'm giving my life to it. I'm pursuing it. I'm pursuing it with my heart. I'm pursuing it with my mind. I'm pursuing it with my will and my strength. And so everything that I have in my life, I'm now going to prioritize it towards this first thing. David said that, that it was the one thing that he desired is to dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of his life. Really what he was saying there is the pursuit of your kingdom is my first desire. So when Jesus introduces the first things, we're going to pay attention and we're going to also put the first things first. It was the first message that he preached when he came. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The very first thing that he said after John the Baptist baptized him and the spirit of the dove, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He went out into the wilderness and he re-emerged and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The very first message. He did not say repent for salvation is at hand. And that word at hand means that that thing has dr now drawing near and it's going to become one with man. It's going to become one. So there is, there is a kingdom, and I love this, that it's one thing is about to be joined to another. So once again, God and man are about to be joined together, right? So he's saying the kingdom, he gets to be the king and we get to be the dumb, right? Man and God together shall be called the kingdom. Man and God together shall be called the kingdom. And then the, the, the disciples asked Jesus, they said, how should we pray? Well, what is the first thing that he talked about? He said, well, first of all, you, wanna, you want to acknowledge the Father. And then you want to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't say, okay, acknowledge the Father and then pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. No, again, he put the first thing in the first place because he said seeking the kingdom is, should be your primary objective. It should be your primary focus. And so what is this kingdom? What is this kingdom realm? How do we, how do we seek this? So we seek first a new living way. We seek first of living in a new way. Because he said you have to repent, which means that you got to get rid of, of your brain. You got to get rid of the way you're thinking and you begin to, to think in a new way. You begin to process in a new way. That's like the worship tonight. What was going on in worship tonight is people were actually worshiping from their carnal mind. And that's what Jeremy was talking about. We were actually pressing in and pushing in in a way that actually wasn't worshiping in spirit and truth. 
We were relaxing and enjoying and releasing, but we were actually, there was something that was going on in the minds of man in this room. And so you can't, you can't worship from this place because the mind does not know about the things of God. It's only the spirit that can lead us into the worshiping of the spirit, right? So we need to think and we need to function. We need to seek to live and to function and to think in this new way. And in this, we will also be seeking righteousness. So living righteous is living in this new way. Because if you seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, then all else will be given to you. So if we seek first the kingdom of heaven, then we're seeking first this right way of living, this right way of thinking, right? Okay, so where is the kingdom? Does the kingdom have an address? Because wherever that kingdom is, I want to seek it and I want to go there and I want to find it. So where do I have to go to find this kingdom? Is it, is it in heaven? Is the kingdom, because it says the kingdom in heaven. And so we think to ourselves, oh, well this must be in heaven. Right? Well, where is heaven? Luke 17, Jesus said this, the kingdom is in you. Oh, wait, so the address moves. It's like Googling. It's like trying to Google my cell phone. It's like the, 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 trying to find my cell phone. Whenever I Google it, it's always moving because I'm always moving. Wait, there's the kingdom. Okay, there's that little dot, and everywhere I go, I am taking the kingdom with me, right? So this is really good news because... It doesn't take any time for me to get where I am because I'm always where I am, right? And so it doesn't require anything other than me and Jesus being together. Bam, I'm in the kingdom. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, lo, and today that would be woe here, woe there. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Wow. John 14, Jesus said this, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. So he said, listen, this kingdom lives within you, I have actually gone, and I, I just, I don't know about you, but I love the fact that Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to prepare a hut for you. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm a Dallas girl. He's talking my language. It's like, okay, I can, I want a mansion. And you know, that's the extravagance of the heart of Jesus, that he's calling us in to the richness and the fatness of his father's house. And he said, this is so above and beyond what you could hope or imagine. This kind of provision, this kind of wealth, this kind of lifestyle is easy. It's light. This pathway into the kingdom, if you will seek it, if you, will, if you seek it, you will find it. Because he's a really good leader. And it's said that this, this mansion, the Greek there means a place of abiding. 
So I can actually access the kingdom 24-7. Wait a minute. What he's talking about is this place of prayer, this place of a house of prayer. I can dwell in the kingdom all day long and I can access this kingdom everywhere I go. Right? Y'all just ignore him. He's going to fall over. He'll be fine. Just let him tip over. Just let him go over. There it is. Push him over. Push him over. Push him over. He's actually in the kingdom right now. He's in his mansion. Hallelujah. Alright. Alright, so what is, what is the mansion? I mean, what is the kingdom? Really? What is the kingdom? Well, the word of God says this. The kingdom is a treasure. It's a pearl of a great price. It's a treasure that is hidden. It is a treasure of things new and old that must be found. It is, he said, Jesus said this, it's like a net that gathers a harvest. So not only is it a, a treasure, and I want you to think about the value of a treasure. You know these guys that go out like on the boats and they find these old boats that, that sank during the Civil War or during some kind of battle and, 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 and sinks with a treasure. And so these guys, they take out all of their new um, uh, really cool equipment and they find this treasure and they send down all of this really fancy equipment and they bring it up. They're treasure hunters. And it's so incredibly value. And he said, this is what I want you to think of when you think of the kingdom. That is a treasure worth selling everything that you own to seek, to, to find. Why? Because he realizes that once you find the kingdom, you have found the secret to life. And he said this, he, he also goes on to say this, this, the, this kingdom is actually a mystery. It's a mystery. So you're looking for something. And, and, and he knows how he made us. He knows how he created us. That we are curious people. That we're in the heart of every man is the heart of an adventurer. That we want to seek something out. And we want to peel back the onion of the heart of God. Because that's really at the very core of what the kingdom is. Because the king sits on the throne in the kingdom. Jesus is telling his disciples about the parable of the sower of the seed. And they ask him, they're like, okay, stop. What? Why are you always talking in parables? You know, can you just talk like a regular guy? And Jesus says to, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So he says, hey, the, the, the thing about the kingdom is I'm actually going to lead you into the kingdom, but it takes those that have a heart to pursue it, and I'm looking for those whose hearts are turned towards me. So as you begin to pursue me in this way, I'm actually going to start revealing the secrets of this treasure. And those places are going to come alive to you, and, and, and we have to ask ourselves, why is that important? Because I love the fact that the revelation of Jesus makes me come alive. It makes me come alive and it gets me all jazzed about, about loving Jesus more. But there's got to be more than that. Because he said, if I seek this first and his righteousness, that everything else is going to be given to me. And I've got a lot of things that I'm carrying in my heart. You've got a lot of things that you are carrying in your hearts. 
You've got a lot of things that you're contending for. And you know, Jeremy's here and he's talking about, he's talking about giving. And beloved, if we struggle in the area of giving and we don't know how to tap into the kingdom in the area of finances, how are you going to tap into the kingdom in the area of multiplying food? How are we going to be able to have shoes that don't wear out? How are we going to be able to stop storms and bombs and bullets? That's accessing the kingdom. Is that we actually find our way and we journey our way along that road and we take the time to hammer it out to say, where are the road signs to the kingdom, God? Because I have to have that. I have to know how to live in this new way instead of letting my natural mind be the thing that leads me. And there's no blessing. There's no multiplication. All I keep running into is the enemy, the enemy, the enemy that is putting up roadblocks. And if we can access this place, I'm telling you that, that once you begin to go there, you will remember the way that you've gone. And you can continue to go to the kingdom and the kingdom and the kingdom because the king is waiting to give you more than you could hope or imagine. How many of you want to go there? All right. Another thing that the Lord says that is there available in his kingdom. What is his kingdom? In his kingdom is power and authority. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it comes in power. I am not going to stand up here and preach to you without functioning in the power of God. He didn't say preach the gospel of salvation. He said preach the gospel of the kingdom and then with it will come power. But because we've been preaching the gospel of salvation, we haven't seen the power. And he said the gospel is the good news that now that I've come, you can enter into my kingdom. You can live in that realm. You can act access all of the wealth that I have. You can access all of the healing that I have. You can access all of the wisdom that I have. And therefore, you bring that down to the earth and you change the environment that you live in. Amen. Amen. You would be the most dangerous person in Dallas if you tap into this. Nothing will stand before us. Mark 9, 12, and Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Jesus said, when they accused him, remember, of casting out demons in the name of a demon, he said, whatever, what are you thinking? He said, let me tell you what's going on here. I, I, I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God and, the, and so that the kingdom of God has come upon you. So not only do we have access to the kingdom of God and we go there to that revelatory realm, we know, and I'll tell you what, here's the thing. When I first started to, trying to find the kingdom of God, when I first started to try to access this place, my journey was long and the road was long and the road was narrow and it was a hard journey. But as I, I, have, I have practiced the, the exercise of continually going there and accessing that place, now my journey is just bam, I'm there. Amen. Yeah. Bam, I'm there. And so wherever I go, I can cast out a demon. Why? Because I've accessed the kingdom and now the kingdom has come upon you. 
John the Baptist introduced this idea of the kingdom and how to access the kingdom, but he did not display the kingdom. And Jesus goes on and he said, listen, even the greatest of prophets, or the least of prophets, excuse me, even the least of, of believers in the kingdom are greater than John the Baptist. And it was John the Baptist that was talking about the kingdom, the first one that came upon the scene. So Jesus spends 10 years of his life and he says, listen, not only am I going to tell you, I'm teaching, 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 teaching on the kingdom. You guys have got to get this. He's telling his disciples, he's telling his followers, and he's saying the kingdom is where it's out. I am dying so that once again, I am going to reconnect you to God, and the two of you are going to become one, and that is going to be my kingdom on the earth. So what does he say about entering into the kingdom? How do you enter into the kingdom? Number one, he says, you must be or become like children. Jeremy was really hitting on it earlier when he was talking about what, how is a child? What is a child? Have you ever seen a child that's pride, prideful or, 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 or boasts? You, you, children are not proud. And you say something, I say something to my child and my child believes me. So Jesus continually throughout the scriptures says, be like the child. Don't take this child away. Let me tell you about what you need to be in order to enter into the kingdom. You've got to be like this child. You've got to have this extravagant faith where you believe that your father is good and he has good news for you. Number two, he said, you must not love your lives. You cannot trust in riches. Here's the thing about America. Money actually masks itself as the kingdom. That's why he said over and over and over, it is going to be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom because money masks itself as the, as the kingdom. And because and, money will tell you that you have peace, you have safety, you have provision, and you have joy. And so there's no need. So, so the pursuit or the seeking, you're not, you're not, you don't have the heart to seek, right? Because you have all of those things that money of, of the world has provided. So he said very few rich people will actually un have understanding of this reality to enter in that way. That's why in America, how many people are actually functioning in the kingdom? Not very many. Why? Because we are so fat and comfortable. We've got peace. We've got warm beds. Our bellies are full. Some of us over full. And it's like, well, what? What? What are you talking about seeking the kingdom? I go to church on Sunday. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. But see, there's a lulling and a sleepiness, a lukewarmness because of the deceitfulness of riches. Number three, Jesus says you must do the will of my Father to enter into the kingdom. You've got to spend time with God and you've got to find out, God, what are you saying to me? What is the will that you have for my life? What do you want me to do today? And the will, you know, you can have a big picture, this is the will of God. And you can have a, this is what I'm supposed to be doing today. Number four, 
He said, Jesus said, you must be born again, you must be born of water, and you must be born of the Spirit. Those are three borns, and it's not Jason. (laughs) (laughs) You must be born again, born of water, and born of the Spirit. Beloved, I'm telling you, he said in order to, to see the kingdom, in order to enter the kingdom, you have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born of the Spirit. If there's anybody here that has not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you afterwards to come up and we'll pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I tried to read my Bible once years ago before I was saved, before I even had, didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. And have you ever tried that? To read the Bible without the Spirit? That's called a nap. (laughs) But when the Holy Spirit comes, the words actually jump off the page. It's, it's, I was here, I heard, uh, let me see if I can get this straight. I heard a Jewish what do you call the high Jewish priest in, 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 in Israel? The high priest. The high priest. Okay, there it is. Woo! Thanks, <laughs> Vince. Yeah, right, right. It's not that hard. Okay. He was talking about how the, they used to put the scrolls down in the breastplates that they made. So they would carry the breastplates on them. And when someone would come to them and need help, what they would do is they would take the scroll out and they would unroll it. They would roll it out. And there would be the answer would be illuminated out of the word. That's pretty cool. But see, that's what Jesus now does that for us. The Holy Spirit came to ignite the word of God so that the wisdom of God could prevail in his people. And we've got our own scroll, right? It's called the, the, uh, the rhema and the uh, logos word. All right, number five. What must we do to enter the kingdom? We must walk worthy of God. All right. How do you not enter the kingdom? He said, Jesus was very clear, and he said, here's how you enter, and here's how you will not enter. If you do this, if you seek this way, if you do these things, you're going to enter. If you do this, you're actually not going to enter. Yes. Um, Number one, your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. So, basically, he's saying what there? Um, If you have a religious spirit pretending to be a Christian, but in reality you are a whitewashed tomb, you are not getting into the kingdom of heaven. The doorway to the kingdom of heaven is going to be shut. So he's warning the leaders of his children, and he says this, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Hypocrites means you're an actor. It means that I'm a poser, I'm an actor, I'm wearing a mask, I'm saying one thing, but in my heart, I'm doing another. I'm telling you what I want you to hear, even though I'm not invested in that, and I have no plans on on being that person. He says, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. 
See, if I don't go to the kingdom of heaven, I cannot lead you into the kingdom of heaven. I can't even preach the good news of the kingdom because I, have n I will not know what I'm talking about. I will know in letter, but I will be a hypocrite because I've never gone there myself. And so because I have purposed, and, and, and you are purposing yourselves to enter into the kingdom, you can then lead others because you've been there. You're like, brother, let me tell you about this kingdom. Let me tell you about what this life is. Because I'm telling you, they out there think that we're preaching the gospel of the law. They think we are a bunch of do's and don'ts. But you're like, no, that's not it. What I'm preaching is a kingdom of freedom. A kingdom where, where you don't have to strive anymore, where you're not afraid anymore. Where there is a man that is there in that place that has prepared everything that you need for this life. And when you go there, when you go to that place, you know that you're at home. You know that you found home. That's how we need to preach the gospel. My dad, I go visit my dad. And he's not like any dad on earth. Number two, another thing he said, don't do this or you will not enter. And he gives a pretty comprehensive list. And he's like, okay, if you're a thief, a thief, a coveter, a drunkard, a reviler, an extortioner, an envier, a murderer, a whoremonger, unclean person, idolater, or liar. Whew! Okay. Don't want to be any of those. Write that down, guys. No whoremongering. <laughs> All right, so how do we do this? How do we do it? Here are the two things that cause us to seek. One is prayer. You knew I was going to talk about prayer, right? Vince? Got it. Prayer, and the other is suffering. What causes us to seek the kingdom? It's either... Oh God, I worship you, I love you, I'm giving you my time. Or it's, help me! Oh God! I'm in so much pain! I would prefer this. This is better. Because he really does. He's, he's like leaving the crumbs. He's leaving the crumbs on the pathway to the kingdom for you. All the road signs are there. To get you to that place. Prayer is better. So that's what the Sermon of the Mount is all about. It's called the Constitution of the Kingdom. Right? And so he says this. Hey, I'm talking to you about these beatitudes, okay? That means be in this attitude, alright? Number one, meekness, peacemaking, spiritual hunger, being merciful. Uh, oh, woo! Persecution! Come on! And he's like, hey, when you start getting persecuted, you need to rejoice. Because that means you're getting promoted. Yeah. In the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I want to be promoted. I want to be like at the top. I'm a little competitive. 
I'm going to be right up there, right next to Jesus, going, okay, all that persecution, yeah, that was me. Peace out, everybody else. And another is mourning. And you're thinking, what? I understand all the other stuff, but what's this deal about mourning? That basically, he's just saying this. When you're hurting, just come to Jesus and mourn. Let it all out, pour it all out, and he's going to take it. It says that those that mourn will be comforted. That means that those who mourn, actually Jesus will draw near to you. He will wrap himself around you and he'll heal your heart. All right, so how do I go to the kingdom? This is how I go to the kingdom, okay? I go to the kingdom through my eyes. Yep, I just said that. Mm-hmm. Through my seeing, Barbie Brethren said it this way, you go through your eye gates. Your eye gates. Mm-hmm. You go through your eye gates. What does that mean? What that means, guys, is that God gave you an imagination for a reason. When you are in prayer and you have a sanctified imagination, which basically if you go there for the purpose of seeking God, God is a good God and he is going to make sure that the things that you see are going to be from him. And you know if they're not from him because hopefully you've been in prayer and you know your God. You know the voice. My sheep will know my voice, right? So you know the voice of, the God, of your God. Let me give you an example. So somebody came up to me uh, recently, and they, or didn't come up, I'm sorry, somebody texted me, actually yesterday, and um, it's, he's an a international preacher, teacher, messenger, prophet, whatever, and, um, and he said, listen, I've got this issue, and I really need you to pray and tell me what you're hearing. And so uh, I got the text, I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? Access in the kingdom. Okay. I'm in the kingdom of heaven. Bam. I get a picture. Shows me the picture. And I said, okay, God, I've sought you. I've sought the kingdom. Now, what does this mean? Now, all of a sudden, bam, the wisdom comes. He gives me the interpretation for the whole thing. So I text him back. This is what I saw. This is what God said. And I talked to him today, and he said, out of all of the people that I talked to, it was you and one other person that gave me the accurate um, word of the Lord. He said, you were talking about things you had, you had no way of knowing. I was like, the first thing is this, and then the second thing is this, and the third thing is this. So I was listing the characteristics of each one of these things and what the Lord was saying and how for him to process and handle each one of those situations. That that wasn't me. I accessed the kingdom in order to bring the wisdom of heaven into his situation so that he could prosper. And, And the Lord actually gives us, turning your Bibles to 1 Kings 10. The Lord actually gives us an Old Testament um, revelation of, of what it looks like in the kingdom. Do you remember uh, when the Queen of Sheba came? Now, I love this story because I love the thought of this woman getting on a camel. Here she is, the Queen of Sheba, right? She hears about the reputation of Solomon and his kingdom. She, she hears about the reputation of the wisdom of this man, and she wants to go see it for herself. So in uh, verse 1, 
chapter 10, verse 1. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a great retinue. You know what that means? Strength and might. So she came and she sought after this kingdom with great strength and great might. So she was really giving it her all. With camels that bore spices, very much gold, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. And that word means there was no more breath in her. It took her breath away. She couldn't believe what she was not only seeing with her eyes, but experiencing with her heart. She had never seen such wisdom or experienced such uh, grandeur. And so she said this, then she said to the king, it is a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and about your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men, and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord has loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices in great quantity, and precious stones. There never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And in verse 13, King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all, all, say all, all, all she desired. Whatever she asked, besides what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity. Beloved, I'm telling you, this is a kingdom that holds the secrets of your heart in its hands. This is a king that is so incredibly generous that as you seek him with, all, with your retinue, with all of your strength, all of your might, he will be found by you. And the wisdom that you need for your life will be given to you. 
There are so many circumstances in my life, beloved, where I have been conflicted and I have been hurt and I have been wounded by either, by either people that are close to me or, or by situations. But, if I, but when I went to the kingdom and I accessed this place and I heard the voice of the king whispered the wisdom of heaven, it changed everything. And it removed the hook that the enemy had placed in my heart. And so therefore, Satan after that had nothing in me. And I was set free from being entangled in all of the quagmire of that, that uh, uh, situation. And beloved, from that point on, you can have authority over it and you can begin to rule and reign over it. That's what you've been called to do as an ambassador. Now Jesus talked about the Queen of Sheba. In Matthew 12, and he said, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, one greater than Solomon is here before you. If we don't go to this place, if we can't access this place, then we will forfeit our very opportunity to take dominion on the earth. You have to practice this. It's a road that you have to travel. It's the oil that you have to get in your lamp. If you don't practice this, then you won't be able to give it away. And you won't be able to lead anybody else to this place. Jesus sent his disciples to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. So that's what we want to do. God brings his supernatural, right? He's supernatural God. Well, he brings his super to my natural. And the two of us together become supernatural. And that's what I want for you. Because if 12 people could get their hand on this, if they could go to this place and they can access this, it would change a city and it would change a nation.